Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, close your eyes. Can you picture our city flag? Not the terrible towel, the official Pittsburgh flag. It's not exactly the most iconic, right? Well, a bunch of cities have redesigned their flags in recent years, so is Pittsburgh due for an update too? We're bringing back a conversation between CityCast Mallory Falk and a leading vexologist. That's a flag expert to look at what exactly even makes a good flag in the first place. It's Monday, February 5th. I'm Sophia Lowe, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. Ted Kay, you literally wrote the book on what makes a good flag, good flag, bad flag. Pittsburgh doesn't necessarily have the most memorable city flag. So for people who can't immediately call it to mind, could you describe it for us? Sure. It's a vertical tri-bar of black, yellow, and black. And in the center bar, the yellow vertical stripe, are the arms of William Pitt surmounted by a castle. And the idea when that was chosen was the castle represented a city, and then the arms of the Earl of Chatham, William Pitt, below that represented Pitt. So the meaning was city of Pitt. And that's Pittsburgh's flag. So the castle is a little less random than it seems. It actually has some meaning, some significance. They meant it. Uh, they put it there for a very good reason. So how would you rank or grade our city flag? How do we measure up to others? The main purpose of a flag, the fundamental function of a flag, is signaling at a distance. That is, putting something on a piece of cloth that's going to be waving, seen at a distance, maybe on both sides. And the goal is to be able to see that flag and make out what's on it, and then remember that it represents the place that it represents. That leads to the basic principles of flag design, which are simplicity, meaningful symbolism, few colors, no lettering or seals, and distinctiveness. And applying those principles to the Pittsburgh flag, it falls short in the, di- in the simplicity mm-hmm. area. That that coat of arms, while incredibly meaningful, can't be made out at a distance. And so it means that the Pittsburgh city flag doesn't fully achieve its function of representing Pittsburgh when flapping in the breeze seen uh, far away. I've heard that one way you measure a flag's success is whether people have tattoos of that flag. So, you (laughs) know, Pittsburgh's might not be the most memorable, but among our team here at CityCast, we know a decent number of people with Pittsburgh city flag tattoos. So does that sort of elevate it in your esteem at all? Sure, sure. The fundamental flag, the black, yellow, black, is a great design. And so the highest rated flags, Washington DC, Chicago, no question, you see those as tattoos. The terrible designs, the Milwaukee's or the old Pocatello flag, of course, you'll never see a tattoo. The fact that some people get Pittsburgh tattoos shows there's there's redemption possible <laughs> for the Pittsburgh flag. 
So let's dig more into those design principles that you mentioned. Like besides staying away from coats of arms, what else can you tell us about them? Well, the first is keep it simple. A flag should be so simple a child can draw it from memory. The purpose of that is not to have kids be able to draw flags, but that's a really good test to see if the flag's going to be recognizable, discernible from a distance. The second is to use meaningful symbolism, and that's doesn't have to be everything about the city. It just has to be one thing that people can remember, oh, that's Pittsburgh. Just like Canada has more kinds of trees than maple trees, but it is decided the maple tree is going to represent us. When you see that maple leaf, you're going to know it's Canada. Another important thing about symbolism is it isn't just a thing that you put on the flag. It may be how the flag is divided or what colors are used. Yeah, like the Pittsburgh flag, right, has black and yellow. And those colors, I guess they originally came from the Pitt family coat of arms, but now we just associate them with our sports teams. And we're actually the only city in the country that all of our sports teams have the same colors. Correct. The next principle is two to three colors. You you don't need more than those to have an effective flag. And the more colors you have, the more expensive it might be Mm. and the more complex it might be, harder to make out. The fourth principle of flag design aimed at North American audiences is no lettering or seals. We in the United States seem to just love putting the seal on the flag. That's because city governments decide the flag and they put the emblem of the city government on the flag, forgetting that the flag represents everybody in the city. But they also can't resist writing the name of the city on the flag as if it were a parade banner marching in front of the <laughs> the police in the uh, marching band on the 4th of July. If you have to write the name of your place on your flag, your symbolism has failed. Yeah. And then the last principle, which actually applies very strongly to Pittsburgh, is be distinctive or be related. If you do have a design scheme that echoes some other place's flag, you can show a connection to that place. And absolutely, Philadelphia's flag and Pittsburgh's flag are sibling flags. Hmm. They are fundamentally the same design, changing the color, changing the coat of arms, but they, in grayscale and at a distance, they look the same. And that's because they are the major cities in Pennsylvania, and they did that on purpose. I never knew that. So that's actually a point in Pittsburgh's favor, it sounds like. Correct. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. 
Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. So back in 2004, your group, the North American Vexillological Association, actually raided 150 city flags. And Pittsburgh came in 24th, which like actually isn't that bad. Kind of impressed. Um, but you know, since then, dozens of states have redesigned their flags. They've made them more visually appealing. They've simplified them. Um, there are some states that actually redesigned their flags to get rid of offensive imagery. And so I'm wondering, like, what you think Pittsburgh could do to change up its flag? Like, is it really as simple as just getting rid of the coat of arms? That is one option for Pittsburgh. I I'm told that in Philadelphia, which has the same format of its flag, that in some places like the art museum, the flag flies without the coat of arms. Simply removing the coat of arms creates a vertical tri-bar that is very effective. Now, personally, if I were redesigning the Philadelphia flag, I'd put a stylized version of the Liberty Bell mm -hmm. in the middle of the yellow. That would be a stunning flag and one unusually that might be identifiable as Philadelphia without having anybody need to have it explained to them. Now, for Pittsburgh, I might do the same thing. Either just take off the coat of arms and have a vertical tri-bar of yellow in between two black vertical stripes, or you could take something out of the coat of arms. For example, the coins or bezants, there are three of them in the coat of arms, could be portrayed as black circles, three black circles in the yellow central panel of the flag. Now, I'm not a designer. Uh, I know good design when I see it, but the innovation and creativity of Pittsburghers might come up with great other alternative designs. If Pittsburgh had something equivalent to the Liberty Bell as something that makes sense to put in the center, uh, try that. Yeah, like a writer with our Alt Weekly um wrote a, a passionate plea for changing the flag and suggested putting the three rivers converging in the center of our flag, which I thought was an interesting, seems a little more connected to Pittsburgh of today than some, you know, old timey coins, maybe. Right. Uh, and as I say, it, it's it's Pittsburghers who who need to resonate to this design. Having three rivers converge is what I would call a geographic design that somehow it recapitulates geography. It's hard to argue with three rivers because there's no connection with any peoples. Often people get tripped up in, well, I'm not represented in the flag. My particular ethnic group isn't there. And so by going with geographic representation, you avoid any of that challenge. We do sort of already have in Pittsburgh the terrible towel as our unofficial flag. 
uh, which makes me wonder if our city flag even really matters. Like if there's already a symbol that represents the city that people feel attached to, then does it matter that our official flag maybe isn't the most memorable and violates some of these design principles? Why is it important? I have to confess, I don't know about the terrible towel, but if the city has a symbol that functions as a flag, we scholars would call that a vexiloid, and it does the things that a flag does, which is if you exhibit it, you are showing you're from Pittsburgh or you're showing Pittsburgh pride. It may be that that effectively is functioning in the place of a city flag and you don't need to worry about the design of the city flag. In many cities, the challenge is not that there's some alternative object, but that the poor design of the city flag has left a vacuum that's filled by sports symbolism. Which the terrible, I'm sorry to confess, the terrible towel is a sports symbol. It gets waved at football games. I guessed that. I guessed that. Is it a problem to have something attached to a sports franchise take the place of a city flag? Or as long as it's something that creates civic pride, then it's fine whether it's the city flag or a sports memorabilia? Well, if your sports team stays, yes. But sports teams can leave and break your heart. And if you have invested all your city symbolism in a team that departs for some other metropolitan area in some other stadium, you're stuck. Now, I don't know if that's ever going to happen in Pittsburgh, but that's a reason for cities not to say, oh, we'll just let the sports teams take care of our symbolism for us. I think we can rest pretty assured that the Steelers are here to stay, at least for a while. But Yes. Uh, so before I let you go, I'm curious what you think of the Pennsylvania flag, if that one is due for an update. Pennsylvania's flag is one of, or perhaps the oldest state flag in the country. It was adopted in the 1700s. However, 23 U.S. state flags put a seal or a coat of arms on a blue background. And seen at a distance, you can't tell which one is which. If you check out keystoneflag.org, you'll see a proposal by a born and raised Pennsylvanian, Tara Stark, to create a new flag design for Pennsylvania that is both hugely symbolic of the Keystone State, but it's also a geographic flag because the colors and the field divisions represent parts of Pennsylvania. I just Googled this real quick and it's beautiful. It's like a deep blue, a deep green, and then a yellow Keystone in the center. Notice that that flag also, in a way, invokes Pittsburgh's and Philadelphia's flags mm. as, in effect, being a vertical tri-bar. It's just the central stripe is stretched out to become a keystone because, of course, you're the keystone state. And people outside Pennsylvania will be able to look at that and say, well, keystone state must be Pennsylvania as opposed to a couple black horses. And, you know, what the heck does that mean for for Pennsylvania? Yeah, I got to say, I was a defender of the Pennsylvania flag because I think just as a little girl, I fell in love with it because of the horses. But seeing this design is making me change my tune a little bit. It's very clean and simple <laughs> and really says Pennsylvania. 
Well, if you like horses, yes, I can understand that. One of the challenges is black horses on a dark blue background, you can't make those out. But obviously the, the issue is how do you create a flag that's distinctive from other states and start from that point? Because that's fundamentally one of the big reasons you have a state flag is to show it with other state flags and say that one's ours. We'll make sure to include a link to the Keystone flag in our show notes, along with some of the designs that Pittsburgh City Paper uh, recommended. Ted Kay is secretary of the North American Vexillological Association and author of Good Flag, Bad Flag. Ted, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Mallory. It's been fun. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend, rate us five stars, leave us a review, and don't forget to subscribe to our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you then. Vexil. Think think that there's a lala in there. Vexillological.